the events, characters, and entities depicted on this podcast are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, or to actual entities is purely coincidental. If you're seeking to be offended, this is a good choice. And if you're easily offended, please throw away this listening apparatus right now. Okay, bye. So what I'm trying to say is I don't understand what women are, I'm sorry to say, whinging about this imbalance, unbalance, whatever you guys are calling it. The, the reality is, in the workplace, we talk about balance. We have corporate training on the topic of balance. We have balance sheets, but there is no gender balance. What's that even Hello, Dad. Hello, Mom. Welcome to the Frisk Aid Show. Oh, what are you doing here? Habibi. Entertaining the nation, mate. I'm the best RJ in the world. And you know me. Uh, sorry but to have to cut it short. We're expecting Rusty for the Hangout, Hangout podcast. That's coming up next. Habibi. Habibi. Um... One, I'm not your Habibi, and two, uh, you really got to get out. Okay. Um, okay. Hey, guys. Much excitement. I'm supposed to try and sound happier. Yes. There we go. Oh, there. It's okay. Happy. <laughs> Nothing like Tony B. Graham on the show. Oh, there you know, go. I'm so chuffed to be here. I'm, this is my first, I was just saying, this is my first podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Of This, this is an amazing podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I just paid him ten dollars to do that. <laughs> and he did it so well. No, I'm, I'm joking. Send me, send me a check. <laughs> Checks. Checks. <laughs> Something we were talking about off air. Yes. Um, before I kick off with Mr. Tony B. Graham, I'm gonna hand it over to him so he can do a little um, intro about himself, so the listeners get a taste of who he is. Go ahead, Tony. I, I'm Tony. Uh, as you heard my name, uh, I'm I'm an American, but I've been overseas now for 25 years, uh, which means obviously I left when I was two. Uh, yeah. Um, so, and I was a career in, in banking and I came to the UAE in 2013, uh, working for a bank. I now am a consultant and I consult for banks. And as, uh, Rushdie, you know, uh, we do, uh, comedy and, and improv and other fun stuff together sometimes. Yeah. Um, let's, let's kick off with, uh, uh, the comedy. I, I'm pretty sure the listeners are being like, uh, comedy again. Comedy. So let's oh. just talk about you a little more. An American. 25 American. years outside of america outside of america that's not normal no no there's five of us (laughs) apparently yeah and how did this kick off i was i was in university uh studying theater and that was i realized that that was not a thing for me and a friend of mine was in china and we were writing letters so this was you know this was before the internet which really was before the dawn of time (laughs) uh and he said like you know china's amazing you should come to china and i went i literally said okay so I, I went, I worked over a summer, I worked three jobs and I saved $2,200 and $1,200 went for a one-way ticket to Hong Kong. And so $1,000 got my friend and I across China and back to Beijing and I had no money. And I called my mother and I said, mom, can I have $700? Because I want to enroll in a, in a university to learn Chinese. And, you know, I sort of had like my mother buy, you know, the emotional 
Crux. such and such <laughs> yes where it was you're like well you know how are you gonna say no to this one mom right because <laughs> i'm in china and you're scared to death yeah so right so, she, so, so i, I have that. to communicate to protect myself and our family and you know i haven't eaten in 12 weeks yeah so uh so yeah so i uh, enrolled in um a university and i, I studied chinese full-time in the morning and i and i paid for my life by teaching english in the afternoon hmm. um and yeah, that's that's how. And I stayed overseas. I, I did my university in Canada. Does that count as overseas? If you're yeah, American, it does. Stop I'm bashing. Not sure. the is it Canada? Is it, that's it is a yeah. We love Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Tony has a problem. Not a problem. He likes uh, testing we, the water. I love with his Canada. Neighbors. I yeah. was in. I was. I lived in Canada for four years. Yeah. One of the yeah. most shocking things is you've been to Pakistan. You I yes. <laughs> Even brown people are like, dude, Zindabad. What's wrong baby. with you? Yes, Pakistan. Yeah, Pakistan, I, Zindabad. He's the first person you mug at the airport. That's the first yeah. guy. Yes. Tell Hit us him. the joke about uh, when you meet, uh, when someone asks you. You know that joke oh, that no, I love. So this is a real. So okay, Tony's going to do his bit right now. No, just just not, a bit. I'm sorry to put bit, you. Man, like, so yeah. truth in comedy, right? Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. I was in, it was in Pakistan in the spring of 2013, mm. and it was just before the previous election. And, and, and Karachi is. Um, challenging at the best of times, I think, is is a fair way to say. is a diplomatic yeah. way to describe Karachi, which yeah. is a great place. A mm-hmm. lot of friends there. But uh, being a visual foreigner, a pale, pasty visual foreigner in Karachi in the spring of 2013 was not a safe thing to do. And so yeah. people would ask you, like, where are you from? And you'd be like, I'm from the Canada. <laughs> Because everyone likes Canada, and inevitably it was really funny too. Because like in the office, you know, I was working in a bank, and inevitably every third person had family in Canada, or everybody had friends that had emigrated to Canada, and so it was just like Canada is warm and fuzzy, and you know, nobody, welcoming, right? Welcoming, and so yeah. So that was yeah. It was better to be a Canadian in Karachi than than an American. Uh, so Canada, four years. Uh, uh, after Canada, four years. What happened? Sorry, I so to, I to, got excited with Pakistan. So I, I went to the University of British Columbia uh, for like I finished my university. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Be, yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Neither do I. Yeah. So I was there for I was a student there for three years, but the middle year I was on a, an exchange program at the University of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So I was, so I was there in university, living in Canada for two years, and then two years professionally mm-hmm. uh, in in banking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you kicked off your, uh, I, I guess your second career because you're act. So you're an actor in the banking industry. Yeah, right. That's yes. Perfect. For I'm bankers. not a banker, but I play one on TV. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Man. No, I re- no the, the the like I you I think everyone needs a, a creative outlet in their life. I think it's really I think it's really important for your your sense of happiness, your mental health. You need some kind of an outlet. Um, and and theater, any kind of performing arts is amazing. But you know, poverty and I don't get along. So, you don't look like it. So, <laughs> you don't look like you would survive. I look like I love poverty. <laughs> like I have a healthy relationship with poverty. What do you, you wouldn't make I, it. Like, you wouldn't this, make it. This is, no. You'd yeah, be the I first guy we'd sell off. <laughs> it would, yeah, you wouldn't get much. But yeah. A little longer than a few minutes later. So we were talking about an outlet. And how did you figure out that you needed an outlet after many years of banking and working and a career? Because... Man, I, you know, I hate, I keep saying this, but I say it. It's like to a brown person. <laughs> if I, exactly. Uh, if I was 20 years into my career, I'd be like, dude, this is my life. I'm done. And I'm not saying that no brown person can ever step out of their comfort zone or their um, standard life and nine to five. All of that is great. 
honestly a lot of factors around uh, in desi culture subcontinent sark whatever you want to call it they are not if i 20 years into my banking career if i told someone yo i want to be a stand up comedian they'd be like you need to go to a therapist <laughs> <laughs> like you need serious medical help and there's a board meeting in 5 so and get it together yes, and don't come yeah, because so that's yeah h- how did you end up uh, <coughs> uh, juggling it and how did you do one and you know how did it move i never ever got into comedy with any aspirations of of it being anything else than a hobby and yep. you've seen my stuff so that's probably mm. for the best um so i was i was um so a couple things um doing doing this as really kind of any performance art as uh not just a banker but in the sort of the the corporate world is mm-hmm. um i think people do it people don't talk about it a lot but mm-hmm. it, it's not a it's not a common thing it tends to be more like golf or going to the gym or you know something like you know taking your kids to the soccer game or whatever which is all good which is great stuff yeah um i was i was driving to abu dhabi and i heard on the radio um ray addison and salman qureshi dubai laughing on from dubai laughing talk about doing a stand up comedy course and i was mm-hmm. like that that's a thing there yeah. there's a course for that yeah. i literally pulled the car over <laughs> and put the number into my phone. Holy shit. Cuz I did not have a hands. It was it wasn't a, it wasn't a good phone. You're a super safe anyway, driver. I get it. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I so it was a big risk and you know and I took the course and I thought, you know, this is amazing. So, you know, we got into the, you know, the, the techniques and 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 why something's funny, why something works or not. And and you know yourself, you know, the first time you get on stage in front of a group of strangers, you might think you're funny. Whew. No, but no, you do. <laughs> you always do. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm hilarious in my head. <laughs> Nowhere else. Uh yeah, so, you know, it's terrifying. Mm. It is utterly terrifying, but you know what? Also, when you get past that terror and and getting a laugh from a group of strangers yep. who don't owe you anything yep. and don't know you at all and don't yep. care. Oh, they didn't man. even come for you. Nine times out of ten, they didn't even come for you. So. No, absolutely, they don't know you from from Adam. Yeah. yeah. So getting that laugh, that is, it's so. Re- I mean, it's pretty addictive. It's bad. Yeah, it's pretty addictive. I've had a lot of comedians come on and say it's addictive, and I'm like, it's bad. I always end it's, up with saying that because I know exactly what you're talking about. It's. I mean, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of business applications uh, for it. Uh, so. Mm. You know, pub- fear of public speaking is something that 75% of earth has. Yeah. It's the most common phobia, right? So, um, like I don't like snakes. Right? Yeah. I really don't like I and I have no rational reason to like snakes at all. Yeah. None. I've never been bit by I don't know anyone who's been He bit by a snake. He has never lent you money. Like I, there's no <laughs> right. There's no there's never been any snake money lenders. No. Um but I but I hate snakes. But you would never judge me professionally mm. because I have a phobia of snakes. That's true. But if I'm, you know, in in a, a company and I'm uh, you know, in a leadership position, I've sent in front of a group of people and talk about something and I'm looking ner- I'm obviously yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. You might judge me. You probably wouldn't. But, I, but other people no, do. No, I I would in the sense where I would judge you that he's not the right man to send the message. All right. He's not my flag bearer. But it's the same thing. It's a phobia and that's mm. a thing, right? And mm. so tackling these things like, you know, that's comedy or just like putting yourself out out there and making yourself vulnerable helps you deal with those phobias and it actually makes you makes you a better communicator, but it, it makes you more effective in your job. I don't believe that that could have been you in a room <laughs> or I'm just mistaken because I saw the Tony B Graham in 2015 if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, fourteen. You know, I know this 14. because, like, you know, the Facebook memories come up. Oh, and you my see the first dates. set was four years ago. This dude, month. you were in the course after me, and I'm not kissing your ass. I was like, this guy's a danger. <laughs> oh come on, because he's yeah. white, because <laughs> he's got the angle. You had the right mentality. It's not about the fact that you are white; it's the persona you come in. Well, that was so, that, that was know, it. It was the, it was like the persona making yes. fun of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this was somebody else's idea. They're like, you know, you look like that. This, corporate yeah, guy. you should do this. That's what I mean by Accentuate white. Like that, right? any other color, any other race, any other um, upbringing, they wouldn't be able to uh, pull that off. And you did it amazing. And also, dude, I don't get it. I'm not going to go into it, but why did you? Take the uh, the foot off the gas pedal. I'm sure that's a longer conversation. Oh, just time. But you were just yeah. That's another thing about here. Yeah, time has to be. Uh, it's more intensely like prioritized and things like, and things come up and down. Cause I remember a show you did with Daniel Fernandez and uh, Adnan Nalwala. Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. You murdered. No, no. Like no, I have never seen nah. so many brown people. <laughs> praise a white person <laughs> i was like it's getting Whoa. very racial here, I'm not <laughs> i just sure. keep I, very... I just want to be clear to the listeners because yeah. <laughs> now nah, i'm just but you know what i mean and um but i like okay you brought up fear of speaking in front of crowds and things i just said that i can't imagine you maybe did you ever have a problem with that oh oh my god absolutely really 100 percent. so you know, I was in banking a long time, you know, and now I advise banks and I can talk about banking all day long. And I, and I, I'm very comfortable and I don't feel anxiety around that. Yeah. But, but uh, like we were talking about, that's not what this is. Yeah. No, no, that's not what it is. It's so, not talking about at work, at your workplace. You know, <laughs> even when you, whether you're doing, um, you know, stand up or improv, um, now, I mean, still you get, you get the dry mouth. I mean, you know, those symptoms, you know, like starts shaking. Yeah. They manifest. It's yeah. different for everybody, but, yeah. um, Oh yeah, it's it's terrible, and, and until you get out there, and then then you know you get comfortable, you get a laugh, and then mm. okay, then we're okay, gonna do, you chill. We'll be all right. But would you? I think there's a difference, and what would you say is more uh, co- uh, contributes more to something like fear of speaking to strangers? It's stand-up comedy or improv? Well, probably, well, both. I mean, different ways. No, I agree. Um, Which one more though? And I, it's, it's you don't have to choose one. I'm just saying. Do you, oh sorry. Do you think one contributes more to uh, being talking to strangers? Uh, see if I keep going, then you know the answer that I'm thinking of. So, <laughs> what do you think? Rishti? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think um, so. So, so the great thing about improv is that it helps you talk to strangers. You know, it, it it helps you, you know, be present, be in the moment, um, talk about the obvious. That's all that it is. That's, I I would rate improv way more than stand-up comedy. Yeah. Oh, uh, for something like fear of speaking, fear of, fear of reacting, <laughs> fear of um, putting an idea forward. Because, you know, improv m- more than most people do in this region. Like, improv is all about, <laughs> what is this called? What is this called? An offer. Exactly. Right. And, oh, sorry. I'm yeah. sticking my hand out. It's, this is not a video. Right. Can so you see this all out about, there in podcast <laughs> land? Right. So yeah. improv is all about offers and acceptance. And we were talking about this with uh, another guest on another show where they were just talking about the, the basics of improv and things like that. And I was like, that's the most important thing because it's not that you cannot say no. You shouldn't say no. Right. There's a difference. Right. So in a corporate in, in the corporate world there are always people rejecting you right. and it's like hand on face rejection like, yeah they're like putting Brutal. their finger over your mouth like stop speaking <laughs> and in improv you don't have that option if you do that people are like he's a bad improviser right it's not in stand-up to watch. comedy it's a solo 
I mean, I know there are variants. There are musical acts. There are dual, you know, duos. Yeah, yeah. Improv is so crazy, dude. You get four or five people jumping on stage. And you know about jumping on stage. It's quite... The uh, terrifying you know, yeah. thing to do. You know, the, the thing... I found improv scarier than, than stand-up. Because at least, you know, in stand-up, yeah. you have a script. Material. There's material. Like, you know yeah. what you're going to talk about, yeah. right? And you might chop and change yeah. and whatnot. But improv is like, well, you were, we're going to create something out of nothing. Yeah. Wow. I was at a show in Courtyard Playhouse. Have you guys seen this? Um, Tony and BB are on stage. <laughs> Remind me and correct me if I misquote any of this. BB gets on the middle and she looks pissed. Okay, she looks angry. Tony comes on and he gets in the face of the crowd and he starts talking to a guy in the second row and he starts stepping over the first row and he's like, "You, you, you." Come. <laughs> it's an interrogation scene that they made wow. up. Do you remember this? Yeah, remember. You guys were shouting. <laughs> so it's probably, yeah. <clears throat> that was probably an indication of panic to say, like, wow, okay, we're just. I think we, I we don't know. That. And that's what yeah. you were talking about improv. You don't know what's going to happen, but you yep. have to keep going. And, dude, that's life. And that's work as that's well. Life. You get thrown yeah. into the deep end. You can't yeah. just be like, nope, and leave the office. You got to play yeah. the game and you got to see where it goes. And yeah. All right. Changing topics quite uh, swiftly. Aggressively? No, swiftly. Abruptly. Uh, abruptly. See? Mm. See, see? Western people are using the correct words. <laughs> <laughs> abruptly. Suddenly. Unexpectedly. <laughs> now it's just... Let's yeah. play the adjective game. <laughs> I don't even know. What is an adjective, by uh, the it's, way? Uh, it's a descriptive word, right? Descriptive words. Yes. So he was running quickly. Handsomely. Hans yes. <laughs> Handsome. Yeah, He's a, you know, a that guy's a handsome runner. Look at him. Wow. <laughs> Poor use of adjectives. <laughs> um, so, with Tony B. Graham, someone from the U.S. and who's... Uh, who reads a lot, who's competent. I am someone who has no idea about politics. And the U.S. is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's loud and proud. Like <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Texas, yes. that's Pakistani. Uh, <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, Tony, um, as someone who knows, um, who's aware of uh, a lot of the issues and, you know, uh, the, what is it called when a, what does a president have his, his election, his term, his, no, his like agendas, his agenda, policies, his yeah, policies. Sure, yeah. I'm unaware of any of that. So if and I'm sure there are a number of listeners who are just like me. We read the news, mm. but we're reading it like just staring at a wall and we're faking it because <laughs> we're trying to act cool and educated. Honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea about Trump's policies. I mean, obviously, I know his anti-immigration and uh, et cetera, et cetera, the highlights. But there are a lot of granularities granula granu granularities thank you tony it sounds uh, better when you use that voice it's yeah, yeah. The, the the white voice <laughs> just joking tony hates that shit. ouch man. no so what i'm saying is give me a give me a politics 101 to american learn. politics 101 so sure. the you know american politics is in the news in every country i've lived in and it's because you know our our elections have global consequences right so 
um, uh, you know, when I'm standing in the in the in the lobby of my building waiting for the elevator and the TV's on and it's like, you know, it's it's all it's a, it's an Arabic news station and all I see is Trump. I just like, oh, my God. like he won't he won't get out of my life. Like where? Why go away? I think a lot of people feel like that. We have. Um, we, it wasn't designed this way, but we we do you know have uh, a rolling election cycle, right? So so we just had, so it's December twenty eighteen. We just had the the midterms, and ba- the midterm is the um, the House of Representatives, which is like our lower house, sort of like the equivalent of the lower house of Parliament, right? Okay. Um, though everyone four hundred thirty five uh, people are elected every two years. And, you know, now because elections, you know, the Supreme Court ruled that money equals free speech and so it's protected. So there's unlimited money that goes into political campaigns. So Congress, members of Congress are always raising money. They're almost always campaigning unless they're in very, very safe um, seats. So, you know, it is it is exhausting and it was in the news. I mean, I think. For me, it just seems like we just finished the 2016 presidential election. Now people are talking about who's going to run against Trump in 2020, and and it it's it's exhausting. We have a uh, a more complicated system than, for example, the parliamentary system, which you know exists in um, in many places. How is it different? Oh, how is it more complicated? So we have three branches of government: the executive, the legislative. Legi- the, mm, legislative. Is that a word? Thank you. So look at that. Brown it sounds guy better helping. when you <laughs> say it in that voice. Yes, the legislative and the and the judicial. And the idea is that you know no uh, no single branch of government is more powerful than oh, the okay. other. So yeah. you know they can all. It's, it's a balance like of power. Checks and balances, yeah. right? Um, so things like foreign policy is in the domain of the executive. So the president is basically in charge of foreign policy, but Congress is in charge of the money for that same for everything. Oh, okay. Congress is in charge of the money. So, so the president can decide I have a particular view on, you know, uh, on foreign policy and Congress can say, yeah, that's fine. Or they can say, well, you can have that view, but we're but not going to pay for it. So okay. you can't have that view anymore. Mm-hmm. And the, the judiciary, the courts can say, well, we don't care what about the money or the view, but that is unconstitutional. And so they'll, they'll interpret the constitution to determine okay. whether a law. Is that what they use as a reference? Uh, ultimately. Okay. Cool. Ultimately. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And what's the third one? Because there was uh... <laughs> lunch. Um, <laughs> yeah, the executive, so the president. Yeah. The Congress, oh, sorry, Congress, and then and judiciary. The, and the courts. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, Just off topic, not off topic. Actually, did you see the um, CEO of Google had to explain to Congress why, if you type the word "idiot," okay, this on is Google, why. So, so Trump for... comes on every search. <laughs> It makes sense. Awkward. Um, That is awkward, actually. So this is why. I mean, the whole thing was was comical for a number of reasons, right? Watch that. So you've got these these old guys who have been in Congress since the dawn of time, and they're asking the head of. Can you imagine if you have the you you have the head of Google, right? And when you're Congress and you call someone to testify, like they can't lie to you. Lying Mm. to Congress is a crime. Yeah. Mm. Right. You have the head of Google, Mm. and that's what you ask. Like you ask, why does the idiot come up when I punch in my no, name? Why does, well, stop no, acting like an idiot, does, baby. I don't know. Why does Trump come up when you yeah, search yeah. idiot? <laughs> I'm not the chairman of Google. I, d- I don't know. But, yeah. but the, you know, obviously Google is about... No, but you know what he said, right? 
He said it takes all the information yeah. right. off the internet. Right, and exactly. And he kept stressing they that index it's it. automated. <laughs> yeah, they, like, they no, index it. That they, nobody sits in a room and says, we're going to have this exactly. search result. Right? Because they want, it's not that they wanted him to say, that, but that's what their brain is thinking, yeah. that you, yeah. the CEO, have put idiot plus Trump <laughs> equals search result. And, so. and it just goes to show why it's important, you know, voting in America matters. So, so... I've been overseas for 25 years, and there's and there's about nine million Americans overseas, and what's the total population? I'm, I'm uh, so yeah, so to- our total population is about 330 million. Okay. So as a percentage, it's tiny, but I mean, you know, it still nine into 330, in a, right? In a voting world, it still counts. It absolutely counts, yeah. and and Americans overseas are terrible, mm. terrible mm. about voting, right? Mm. Um, and we still have to pay taxes, and we still have to do all kinds of things. So you should vote, right? Yeah, and. You should in our our system requires an educated electorate. You have to pay attention, and and pick people who are competent for the job. I don't think anyone should be sitting in Congress if they if they're asking those kinds of questions to the the CEO of Google. You know, um, <laughs> you know, do you do you get your grandkids to use your phone for you, buddy? Or like, how does that work? Right. So I yeah. I don't know. Uh, they're pretty old. Dude. They Someone send a telegram to <laughs> the CEO to of Google. Goggly. <laughs> I wish to speak with the CEO we'll see of what Goggly. He says is the telegraph oh, he's here already. Oh, he's a colored man. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because he's British. Because I'm still. And they're old man. They colonized all of us. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, it's just it's, it's, it's yeah. So, as we know. I'm a politics nobody. I have no knowledge. I'm. It sounds stupid, and I'm. I'm sure people are embarrassed to confess this. I'm not embarrassed about it. Tell me, what is a Democrat, a liberal, and a Republican? Okay. If there's any other segments that I've missed, uh, you can educate me and just tell me what they stand for and what do they want. Great questions. I couldn't make it any more, you know, caveman. Great, great yeah, like, what's questions. Your problem? <laughs> yeah, what do you guys no, want? <laughs> nothing caveman about let me, that. Let me just uh, add a little uh, layering to this question. I have to hear this all the time from different people. And like you said, the news, even if you don't want to listen to it, it's there. Yeah. People are shouting. People yep. are upset. People are being abused on the streets. People are being shot on the streets, man. It's it's not, it, 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 I mean, it doesn't affect us directly. I'm not a U.S. citizen, so it doesn't affect me directly. But yeah. at some point in time, it does affect me. And people like you who are abroad, you said 9 million. Yeah. So that's not a small number. You guys are watching this news, these facts, these everything that's going on on TV. It's, it's not a nice, uh, you can't help them. So... Can you just educate me on what they're about? Sure. No, no. Great, great question. So the in our system we have. Um, Excuse me. I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, in in our system we have uh, two two main political parties. Now, what a lot of people outside the states don't realize is that there are lots and lots and lots of tiny political parties you've never heard of. Um, when you get the ballot, you'll see the Democrats, the Republicans, and you'll see. All kinds of other parties you've never heard of. You probably heard of the Greens. They're on there, and there's a few others. But the Democrats and Republicans account for the overwhelming majority of of the votes in any given election, right? The Democratic Party uh, is the. Um, let me back up. Both parties are what we call big tent parties, or they're they're supposed to be big tent. There, you you can't have a country as large as the U.S. 
or, or any country really for that matter, and only have two political parties represent all of political opinion, right? That's not going to work. So, so both the Democrats and the Republicans have historically been, and they're really supposed to be, big tent. In other words, you'll have people who are really close to the center and really quite far to the left, and that broad span incorporates is incorporated by the Democratic Party, and people from the center and off to the right side of the spectrum is incorporated by the Republican Party. So that's the idea of the big tent. Let me just interrupt you there. Left and right, what does that mean? In America, <laughs> left and right means left is, is liberal, Okay. And and right is conservative. Okay. Go on. Yeah. Um, so so the Democrats t- tend to be um, uh, people who are in favor of. It sounds like a cliche, but it, it's sort of protecting the little guy. Um, you know, mom make, and pop shops. Recognizing that. Um, to be successful in any country, you need there are basic things that everyone needs. So you know you you can't be successful without education. You can't. You can, you can strive to educate yourself, but you can't ask a five-year-old to educate him or herself, right? Mm-hmm. We all need good schools. Um, we all need access to health care, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't bankrupt us. Mm-hmm. Nobody chooses to be sick, yep. right? Um, so um, uh, everyone, or I, I believe, everyone has a right to um, safety and security and shelter. They should live in a house. And so these tend, uh, um, these tend to be views that are held by center-left. Um, in the Europeans, they call it democratic socialists. Democratic socialists. And so this is the idea of the, the Democratic Party. And mm-hmm. in any time in American history where, um, where really you've had social progress advance is when center-left parties advance legislation. So, for example, in the 1960s, the civil rights legislation, um, uh, basically Congress determined that laws in the southern states that segregated uh, whites and non-whites were were wrong. And of course they were wrong. Um, and, and that advanced under the Democratic Party. Um, anytime we've had any advancement toward getting health care to more Americans, it's been under the Democrats, right? Um, maybe my Republican friends would argue with me. <laughs> um, now, the Republican Party, uh, and full transparency, I am a Democrat, um, but the Republican Party tends to, historically tends to be um, the party that believes in the freedom of the market. Now, most Americans would agree with that. We like free markets, and mm. you know we like the idea of an entrepreneur has a good idea, and they and they uh, and they work hard that they can be a success, and they can make lots of money. And yes, I'm a Democrat, and I love that idea. Yeah. That's that's a great idea. Um, and so the, the, the belief is that government should be small and government should get out of the way and the market should determine uh, the outcome of, of everything in society. And um, personally, I think, I think a lot of people believe that, that in theory that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. But you know, ultimately, you know, wealth uh, uh, accumulates at the top. Mm-hmm. And when you know when a tiny number of people have all the wealth and 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 in our system, if money equals free speech, they can effectively buy elections, mm-hmm. and that's not good for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some balance, and in our system, there should be a balance. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have one party that controls all the government all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep, free markets, which the Republicans, uh, um, I mean, enjoy. Mm. How does that affect people on the left? Like I know, and I'm trying. Let me put it this way: Give me an example that has happened, not a made-up scenario that could happen, which is fair. But I just want a point of uh, like a like a bookmark that I can Google, and this happened. 
that the Republicans, let's say free market versus what Democrats want, which is, you know, the little man. Why can't there be a balance? Why can't we come to an understanding, a compromise or anything like that? Great question. So if we take an example from history, so around the turn of the uh, of the 19th, uh, you know, around, the, around 1900, and actually back then the Republican Party was the left party. The, the Democrats and the Republican parties, they switched. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, they switched. Uh, around about World War I, it kind of, it kind mm. of switched. Mm. Um, but there, um, so, uh, you know, the, the country was industrializing, people working in factories. Um, <clears throat> factory, you know, there were, there were very, there was, there was no regulation around worker safety, worker rights. Um, and when you have uh, a large uh, population, we had a lot of immigration then, they need, people need a job. And so there was effectively nothing to prevent employers mm-hmm. from really abusing their employees. Okay. Right. You know, in other words, I'm going to work you 16 hours a day and I'm going to put children to work and I'm going to pay you as little as I can pay you, even if you can't afford to eat on that wage. And I want you to work a machine that's dangerous. And if you happen to lose an arm, well, too bad. Uh, And we don't want unions because if the workers unionize and negotiate, if I have to negotiate with them as a group, then I'm going to have to pay them more. More. So center left parties, not just in America, but but. Throughout the world, the industrialized world, as yeah. it was industrializing, they were the ones that were working to make sure that okay, we 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 need a factory, we need jobs, we need the economy to function, but you have to treat us better. Mm. So that's something. It's not about Republicans, but someone on the right wouldn't cater to that as much as someone on the left, obviously. Yeah, I think so. The you know, and and many of my my friends who would describe themselves as conservatives would say well no of course we don't we don't believe that we don't we shouldn't have children working and workers should be safe and whatnot the i think the the ethos the idea is that a a, a worker who is in demand you have skills and you work hard and you're a good worker you should be able to negotiate for yourself you should have the market power to go to your boss and say, well, you know what, boss, I'm not going to work this machine that's dangerous, and I'm only going to work eight hours, and you have to pay me more. And, and in theory, yeah. that, that makes sense. It's inherently logical. Right? We've all worked in companies, and you know if you're a valuable employee that you know you're worth to the company. But in practice, that's not how the real world works. Mm. You know, if you're a brain surgeon and you've you've figured out how to transplant a brain, right? Okay, then you're really valuable to your hospital, mm-hmm. and you have that kind of market power. Mm. You know, so so what about the teacher? What about the one teacher in a school of a hundred teachers, mm. or or the, you know the person who works in a restaurant or in a factory or the mechanic in the garage? You know, the the jobs that are, you know, needed and vital and dignified jobs that are not glamorous what about those people mm. like you know they the there should be a a, a dignity association with, associated with work and those people i believe have a right to a dignified life mm. but is this mainly um, revolving around the fact that is it okay like correct me if i'm wrong so republicans don't want these people to be comfortable is that accurate I, that's why i'm asking is that correct to say <gasps> i think you know, depending on depending on what you read on your on your on your Facebook page, okay. you yeah. know, I, I think you know there are certainly there are some people on the left who would make that statement. Yeah. Now, no yeah, that's one, why I don't want to say it. No, nobody, n- none of my friends or family members who would think of themselves as conservatives would ever say that. Oh no, I don't want people to have a good life. Yeah, right. Of course not. Um, I, I think there's just the, the the discussion is around how do we achieve. Mm. 
access to opportunity. Mm. You know, I would love to believe that the, the owners of companies and the people with money are all benevolent people and they all want the best and they enable, uh, you know, a, a system whereby people who do work hard and who do have good ideas can rise to the top. That is a brilliant idea. That's a, it's a very, it's an intoxicating idea, but it doesn't happen. Mm. It doesn't happen. You know, unfortunately, you know, greed is a terrible thing and it's mm. a human thing. Mm. And, you know, how many billions do you need? Mm. Yeah. How many billions is right? sufficient for you to start giving back or just saying, you know what, I'm done. So <laughs> in in banking, right? So when you're making a credit decision about somebody or a company who wants to borrow money, you know, ultimately you're thinking the, the, the question you want to answer is, is this borrower going to pay me back? Mm -hmm. And if so, how? And do I believe that? <laughs> and if so, you, you make the loan, yeah. right? And if not, you don't, right? So you're looking for evidence. And so in Paul, you know, one of the reasons I, I, I consider myself a, a progressive, a, a liberal uh, uh, left-wing person is that the evidence shows that money, big money is not benevolent mm -hmm. in our system. In America, whenever we've had, you know, gross concentrations of wealth, when we've had, you know, with wealth comes power, and when you have concentrations of power, the regular guys get shafted. Hmm. That's what the evidence shows. And by the way, the other thing, there's an economic case for this as well. In America, 70% of our economy is consumer spending. It's, it's folks like us buying stuff. Just regular everyday use services of, yeah. and goods and you know you, walmart and stuff yeah just normal stuff right and so there is an economic interest in having more disposable income distributed amongst more households yeah. right if you're on if you're a family on fifty thousand dollars a year in america it's pretty hard to raise a family on fifty thousand dollars in america this you know these days especially if you don't have health insurance Now, if you get a 10% raise, right, that incremental $5,000 that you get in your pocket, that's all going to get spent in the local economy. All of it, every dime. Now, if you're the CEO of a company, right, and you're on a million dollars a year, and you get an incremental 10% tax raise, that incremental 100 grand is going to your hedge fund manager. Hmm. You're not good. I mean, like, how many houses do you need, hmm. right? That's the point. So um, in the last... 40, 50 years, the, the Republican Party has uh, believed in supply side economics. And so the idea is that, okay, we're going to give, we're going to give more money to the, um, to, to business owners via tax breaks. And that money will trickle down, right? This, this is a phrase that Ronald Reagan used that it will trickle down and they will take this money that they used to pay in taxes to the government, bad government. And they'll use this money and they'll, and they'll, uh, they'll expand their businesses and they'll open new businesses and that'll create jobs. And so that wealth will trickle down to the workers and then they will have, they will have shared prosperity. And again, that's a brilliant idea, mm -hmm. yeah. but it doesn't, but it happen. doesn't happen, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Right. So, you know, so I'm a, uh, I'm a progressive because, uh, I think there's a, um, there's a moral case for it. Um, whether you're a rich or poor country, you shouldn't have people wanting. You should have a system where everyone has a shot and everyone can. Have, everyone has the opportunity to live a dignified life. But also the economics are when more money is in the hands of more people, we all do better. Hmm. Every yeah. time. Crash goes through American politics. Dude, that Tony blew my mind. B. Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Billy, what you eating, Billy? I'm eating chips. Chips? These chips are good. 
Here's some damn fine chips. So what are these chips, Billy? Here, corn chips. Corn Tommy? chips? Let me try some. You would like to try some corn chips, Tommy? I tell you one thing. It's good. I like it. Thanks, Billy. You're welcome, Tommy. <laughs> What is going on? So, um, again, <laughs> politics 101. Politics 101. I, I, I just like having a reference of uh, real-time events and stuff like that. I mean, anyone can paint pictures and it can be as horrible from the eyes of the uh, you know beholder or whoever perspective they're sharing. So I just wanted to ask you, what is being too left and what is being too right? I think the latter is easier to answer, but what is being too left? Well, so so this is this is a really uh, important question for young people uh, who identify themselves, you know, on the the left, you know, the far left. Young people are idealistic, right? So, you know, um, socialism is a great thing, and, and yeah, there are some things about socialism that that makes sense. I mean, we we call that progressivism. Um, but we also need to remember our history. So um, I, in 1993, as a young man, I went to China. And so 1993, this is before China had money. And China was still transitioning from a state economy, like communism. One second. 1993. I was four years old. <laughs> <laughs> and I was six. All <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Sorry, God. I just wanted to paint I that picture. I, I was six. I was very young. Yeah. So, so, so you know, they, China still calls itself communist. I mean, it's not communist. It's a state economy. So they were transitioning. So um, you could see things where I, in my lifetime, I saw examples of department stores that had products that nobody wanted. Uh, way too many of them because the decision uh, of you know what the factory was going to produce and 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 what they could sell at what price was determined not by the market but by the state that doesn't work right there's a reason that the the communist world fell apart because it doesn't work right so that that would be the extreme end of the right. left wing sort of you know political thinking oh. and it's dangerous and it doesn't work and it was a colossal it, could, it was a catastrophe, right? And I, I, I saw the. Um, I feel fortunate that, that as a young man, I saw the the last vestiges of that. Uh, and so I would urge all people, especially young people today, to you know, let's um, let's be pragmatic as well. Let's <laughs> yeah. not get too crazy, right? Mm. Yeah, it's important. What about right? Um, well, so if you take so from the, on the economic um, uh, on the economic discussion, you know the uh, libertarianism or sort of extreme libertarianism, where we don't need a government, we don't need uh, we don't need anyone to build roads for us. We all exist in a market without rules and survival of the fittest, like a massive corporation. Yeah, that's like you know Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, mm. right? It, yeah, that doesn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> so moderation isn't so bad. Can moderation be attained in america i yes yes it can uh, but it requires uh it requires some changes to the way we do things um the the decision by the supreme court is called the citizens united decision in 2010 where effectively the supreme court determined that corporation spending money is the same as free speech I don't agree with that, right? It doesn't but, it make sense in a sentence? I, uh, yeah, 
not to me, but effectively what it has allowed effectively unlimited money to go into political campaigns. And so that's why politics is always in the news. That's why people in Congress are always trying to trying to raise money because the opponent is raising more money. Um, and of course, if your your position in office is dependent upon you raising money, you're going to start listening more to the people that donated that money than to your actual constituents. Yeah. Right. And so what happens is it, it drives it drives politics further and further apart. And our system was designed for compromise. It, it, it that's how it's supposed to work. So I think in answer to your question, yes, we can get back there. We have to do something about the money in politics. We have to do something about the money in politics, but we also have to get out of our own echo chambers. Social media is terrible about this. You know, if you if you only want to believe that the the world is collapsing uh, now because the the party in power is is not the one that you agree with, it's very easy to reinforce that that view twelve times a day by looking at your phone. Yeah. That's dangerous. You need to talk to people who don't who you don't agree with, and and be civil. Very difficult, be, to like do. you know, which can be hard sometimes. Yeah. But you know, you have to try. So th- I think that's a taller order mm. than um, than getting money out of politics. But we have to try because mm. what's the alternative? Mm. I agree. Um, politics, uh, but sorry. <laughs> The election is coming up. God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry oh. to exhaust you immediately. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, uh, again. I feel um, myself aging. Totally uh, unawareness. When is it happening? When should I hide in my dome? Okay. Start tomorrow. And take care of my camel. What? And, tomorrow? Right. No. So we had... Um, uh, like so, like politics, political punditry. You know, the, oh, that sounds fancy. The, 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 I, <laughs> political punditry. I was thinking of something Damn. fancy to say, and I thought, <laughs> okay. say political punditry. That's say good. That, right? that was yeah. good. So, like, you know, the 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 industry of of opining on politics, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Fox News on the right, and you've got MSNBC on the left, and CNN. We're not sure where they are, and <laughs> and everyone in between, right? So, you know, it's become an industry. So they have they have a vested interest in keeping the. Mm. The discussion the fire going, burning. right? Yeah. We just finished the midterms, like ten minutes ago. I'm so sorry. Pause. What is a midterm? Ah, right. So we just finished the uh, the congressional elections, right? That because help. <laughs> you'll have to like describe it because textbook because, style. So every two years, every every 435 members of the House of Representatives, like our lower house of Parliament, yep, you is up for election, right? Mm-hmm. So that just happened. So that's uh, the first the, week in November. This is just the 435 dudes. That's 435 uh, dudes. Dudes. I don't mean dudes. I mean people. No, no. People in office. It's, <laughs> it, um, in fact, quite a lot of non-dudes. Yeah, there uh, we go. Mostly Democrats. So yay. <laughs> Good work, why, Democrats. W- why do they have to... Uh, why is there a midterm? So the idea is that the idea is that we have the um, the lower house and the upper house. It's like the par- parliamentary system in, in yeah. most countries. Um, and our lower house, the House of Representatives, is based on population. So, for example, California has got something like forty million people. They have the most members of the house because they're the biggest state by population. Got it. Um, you know, Wyoming has I don't know six hundred thousand people or something. They have one. I mean, Half everybody gets guy. one. <laughs> Half you, a guy. you gotta have one, right? So <laughs> okay. Um, now. The the balance of that was is the Senate, mm-hmm. and so every state, uh, large or small, uh, large geographically, population wise or small, every state gets two senators. 
Okay. Now, it sounds a little silly that, you know, Wyoming with 600,000 people gets the same number of senators as California with 40 million people. Mm -hmm. Now, this dates back to 1787 when we were hashing out the Constitution, when states were a lot more independent. It was kind of like a a collection of 13 quasi-countries. Right, and so the idea of, of state sovereignty was was much was a much bigger deal back then. So, the smaller states didn't want Virginia. So Virginia was the bad. Virginia was the California in 1787, and they didn't want Virginia owning everything. So the idea was okay. The, the House of Representatives is on population, and the Senate everyone's equal. Okay, got it. Right. Well, you know. 1787 was a long time ago. So, you know, there's some things that we need to revisit and that's how we, we do amend the constitution. So you'll hear about the first amendment, the second amendment, right? So these are amendments to the constitution. It's really hard to amend the constitution and it should be, it should Mm. be. If you're going to, if you're going to amend your foundational document for which a country was built upon, (laughs) for which a country is built upon, you should think about that. You should, everyone, we should all get on the same page, right? Yeah. So it requires, like, uh, we can Wikipedia this. It's two-thirds a vote of Congress, and getting two-thirds of Congress to agree on anything is hard. That's a big hurdle. And then three-fourths of the states, so 34 out of 50 states, have to have, uh, either through their state legislatures or by popular referendum, they have to pass the amendment. So it's really hard to amend the Constitution, which which is probably a good thing, but it's also necessary, because that same constitution, authored in seven in the summer of 1787. Can I can I just say this before? The constitution provides that an amendment may be proposed either by Congress, with two thirds majority yep, vote two-thirds. in both the House of Representatives and by the Senate, or by a constitutional convention called by two thirds of the state legislators. Ah, uh, you can call a convention. You can do that too. I don't think we've ever done that, but yeah, um, except the first time. The Constitutional Convention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but 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 change is required. You know. So, for example, under the the Constitution as it was written, um, it allowed slavery. Yeah, right. That happened. Not a good thing. So that had to be amended. Um, and we've we've done amendments. So we uh, we banned alcohol in 1919 oh, yeah. or 1920, yeah. and that just made Al Capone rich. Yep. And then 10 years later, we said, okay, yeah, that's not working. We so we scratched so. that amendment. So <laughs> yeah. it does happen from time to time. Yeah. Sorry, sidetracking. Why was alcohol banned at that time? Oh, there was there was a temperance movement. So the idea was that alcohol is, is bad and, you know, it breaks up fat. And alcohol, like, if it's abused, it is bad. I mean, we know that, mm. right? So... There was a there was a big social movement uh, called the temperance movement, and they said like alcohol is breaking up temperance. temperance temperance okay. temperance yes and and so the idea was that alcohol is destroying families and so we need to ban alcohol and and you think okay yep I get it but you know the the result is people still wanted to have a beer didn't they yeah. so. Yeah. You know, but the mob. It, the mob said, "Yeah, we'll provide the beer," <laughs> and they got rich. But was it truly the case where alcohol was at that extent where people, I mean, families were being broken or basically society being disrupted? I think that's I mean, the it still happens today, right? No, I mean, alcoholism is a disease, yeah. Yeah. of course. So it happens. It happens all the time. But I mean, you know, so that I guess that's a great example of you know trying to legislate solutions for social problems mm-hmm. is hard. Mm. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, back, I guess back in, I don't know, we can check this on Wikipedia, 1919 or 1920, the, 
the thinking was, you know, the the idea that that alcoholism could be a disease. That, what do you mean? No, it's a it's a it's a character flaw. You know, you drink too much, you're a bad person. Well, we've we've learned a couple of things since then, I guess. So, having um, discussed all these awesome topics and being enlightened. Almost. Oh. Yeah, no, oh, seriously, so. though. I'm sure the listeners are too embarrassed and shy to let me know how appreciative they are. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'm raising up my hand and I'm saying, damn, I've learned a lot. But I want to ask you right now, right now, can you describe the current political climate and what's going on in short and as well as how it will pan out in 2020? Great question. The The current climate is not good because we because we really have become polarized. Now, this is not the first time in American history where observers have said, "Oh, we're we're polarized. We're not talking to each other. We're, you know, we're 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 retreating into our respective camps." Um because it's happened before. It is happening now. What I said earlier about we need to talk to each other. We need to get off our phones and talk to each other and and, and engage with people who don't agree with us or who or, or who we don't agree with. Um so we need to do that because we're very polarized right now. And and the thing is, um, Congress, our government needs to do things. They need to legislate solutions for very real problems that we have. Um, the fact that the, the Democratic Party will control the House of Representatives, the Republicans will still control the Senate, and obviously Donald Trump is the Republican president, uh, means we have divided government. In the good old days, we've had examples where we could compromise and actually get legislation passed. Uh, Bill Clinton in the 90s worked with a Repub Republican Congress and got stuff done. Um, that's in everyone's interests. Um, the economy has been doing, you know, mathematically, the economy has been doing very well in the U.S. And I say mathematically because we've been having, you know, two, three, three and a half percent GDP growth. So you think, great, for the largest economy in the world, three percent growth is, is good, big, right? Yeah. Well, and it gets back to my earlier problem, right? When when all of the gains or the overwhelming majority of the gains accumulate to chaps like Jeff Bezos, yeah. you know, Jeff Bezos doesn't need any more houses, right? Yeah. So in terms of, you know, average average worker wages have increased, but they've not kept up with inflation. So in real terms, you're falling behind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on aggregate, we're growing. Yay. Good. And we should grow. But but the, it's not quality growth because we're not we're not um, we're not enabling Americans to save for the future. Mm hmm. To invest in things like education, you know, American kids go to university and they take on obscene amounts of debt. Mm -hmm. So they start life with 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 this, you know, this weight around their neck of, mm -hmm. of debt. Um, so you know, we need to legislate things. I mean, the cost of healthcare in America is is way too high, and uh, and we still don't. We still only cover ninety percent of our population. You know, America is the only developed country in the world where you you can't afford to get sick. So we need Congress to actually do things about this. And there will be a conservative approach and there will be a liberal approach. But you know what? We need an approach. Mm. We need to work together. So being polarized um, when leaders of, you know, Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, when he determines that cooperating with the Democratic Party or, or you know what, anybody, if the calculus is cooperating with your opponent is bad for you politically, then we're all in a bad place. So 
we're, we've been in a bad place for a while and and we need to get out of that place. That's like saying having a conversation is a bad thing, basically. Having a discussion. <laughs> right, right. Uh, can I just ask you, uh, just a quick question. When you say a student is um, uh, debt-ridden, like what number are we talking? Because people in the Middle East, we don't really know what that means. I, I, I don't I mean, have the statistics, but what I do know is... Um, like how much would a BBA, a business, you know, a, a bachelor's in business administration in a U.S., in an average university, any idea? You might, you might come out of, I think it's quite common to come out of, out of university, four-year degree with mm-hmm. anywhere from twenty dollars to $75,000 of debt. Depending on how long you took and where you went, and no, I know, I know. There are lots and, of and, uh, and. Uh, there's a lot of uh, pluses and minuses, and you know, you don't need to go to that expensive. Well, Let's I don't think 50, so. 50,000? You know, I mean, well, so you know, so the point is, you know, is the the cost of education is too. It's like the cost of healthcare. The cost of healthcare is too high. Mm. Uh, and the cost of education in America is too high. Mm. It needs to. It needs greater taxpayer support. Mm. Um, we are strong when we have the best universities in the world, and when the when the best and brightest students all over the world want to go study in America, <laughs> yeah, that's good that's for a us. Message, yeah, that's right. A message. That's good for us. Well, we're losing that because mm. it's too expensive. Um, so and then the other thing is that um, you know other countries. Um, spend a lot more money um, subsidizing the cost of university. Now, you could argue that, you know, as a, the, the, the percentage of kids that get to go is lower. Yeah. There has to be a balance. Yeah. I mean, nobody should graduate with a four-year degree and $50,000 of debt or more. Yeah. That's crazy. That's not nice. Yeah. Um, before I ask a question that changes topic, what's the who are the other candidates? Like, oh my gosh! I think you know. Is it like a long list? If, if you close your eyes and throw a stone, <laughs> you'll probably hit somebody who's thinking about running for okay. president. Uh, I'm not even gonna bother. Yeah. Because uh, I think the, uh, the 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 names are gonna c- sort of recycle oh, yeah. until you yeah. know the next and twelve months. And it's way 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 too, too early. Yeah. yeah and who knows? Fine. And uh, whatever pans out in 2020. How does that affect people outside the United States of America? America. America. Yes. You so, know what? Honestly, to, to be honest, I always have a problem with people who keep up with American politics uh, outside the U.S. Because I'm like, dude, no one gives a shit. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's just me saying, you know, things straight up. I don't think about it. It yeah. does. It does matter. It, it does. That's why I'm asking. So we're, we're the biggest economy in the world. Um, we're the we're the strongest power in the world, um, and American elections have consequences. So um, a strong American economy is good for all of us. Wow. Okay. It's good for all of us. Um, we run uh, we run we run trade deficits with many countries. Um, we're able to do that for um, well. Uh, President Trump has a problem with that, and and, and it is a problem, but. When when you issue the world's reserve currency, when, you know when you issue the dollar, you, you can print more dollars. Yeah. It's not a, that has its own problems, yeah. but you, you can. know it's not the same as other countries running <laughs> not you know. having currency to right. pay with. Exactly, so. exactly. So you know a strong economic, a, a strong U.S. economy, um, strong global trade is good for all of us. The other thing that's important is. Um, Stability. You know, we have long-term relationships with a lot of countries all over the world, and being able to have predictability in those alliances, in um, whether it's a political or military alliance or a trade relationship, um, business people 
love predictability. We love to have an idea of okay, these are the rules, and you yeah. know, this is the groundwork for and the it's next not twelve change. months. Yeah, for the next twelve months, nothing's going to change. I love it. Right, and and that enables me to make an investment decision. Produce contracts. Produce make contracts. Agreements. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and that's really, really important. And look, you know, international relations, things change. They do. Um, but when they change, you know, a, a, um, a consensus is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not doing things rashly is a good thing. So, um, so not tweeting late at night is a good thing. Look, tweeting late at night is not, that's bad for ev- everybody. Um, oh, President Trump, what are you doing? The, the t- yeah, the, that's not a good thing, right? So, um, so uh, American elections have, have consequences and that's why the rest of the world should care. But there's nothing we can do. You guys are idiots. <laughs> there's nothing well, I'll tell we you can what, do. I'll, I'll tell you what. It's your own democracy. Like, so all we're doing is we're watching the finals of America's Got Talent and we have no vote. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what's happening to the rest of the world. We don't have I, a choice. Yeah, so it's like we're supposed to be concerned. Yep. I mean, people outside the U.S. I mean, there's the nations outside the U.S. They're supposed to be concerned, but they don't have any power to affect the outcome of the elections. There's, um, well, you know, and the answer <laughs> is yes. I'm, you know, that's the the the, the unfortunate reality of it. Um, so there is one thing. So, um, there, as I say, there's nine million Americans overseas. And um, the overwhelming majority of us don't vote. Okay. Oh, I mean, overwhelming 340 majority. 340 million? Is the 330, 330 so and change. 9 right? million. So, okay. That's like. I always, you know, even when, when I meet. Um, Republicans overseas, I, I, I still, <laughs> grudgingly, I encourage them to vote because that's how our system works, right? And most Americans don't, or who live overseas don't vote. And so if you meet one, just say, are you registered to vote? Mm. Democrat or Republican? Mm. It, it's in everyone's interest. If you're an American overseas, you should vote. So the next time you see an American, just say, did you vote? Did you vote? Did you vote? Yeah, how much did you say? What was the percentage that? Don't vote. Oh, I, it's so so. Uh, American elections are run at the state level. Okay. So, for example, I'm from Minnesota, and I vote in Minnesota. And you'd have to f- ask the state of Minnesota how many ballots did you get from overseas. All right. Okay. And some of them would be people like me who've been overseas for years and years. Some of them might be just overseas on a business trip, and so you vote by, uh, you know, maybe I'm on a three month assignment or something. So, it, it's very difficult to determine. We think that there's. Um, I think I saw a State Department a State Department estimate that said there was something like 8.7 million Americans overseas. Um, so I, you know, who knows? Maybe it's 10. Maybe it's two. I don't know. Hmm. But but they don't vote. <laughs> so if you meet somebody, tell them to vote. Any Americans listening in? I you hope better so. vote, man. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, Send us yes, a message. Yes. We'll hit you up. We'll link you. I don't know. Yes. We, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, more importantly, I, I feel like you're educating non-Americans, which is a good thing. That's just like I said, we're, we're watching the results for America's Got Talent or America's Got President. <laughs> <laughs> but um, being aware of what we lose or gain, that's important. I've always put my hands up and said, dude, I don't understand any of this. I don't know why this is an issue. Uh, I, you've given me, you've shed a lot more light. And I think uh, I'll connect the dots in the future. Well, I'm... I'm Glad to hear you say that. 
anything you want to add before you leave you can you can promote i i i push everyone to promote whatever they want wherever they want if they Gee, have a product i, I wish i had a, a show to promote um uh, I, I don't because i haven't i've been busy yeah i miss it though so are you gonna come back on stage yes in inshallah sometime soon cool in sounds soon, great yes because you were i mean we all enjoyed you i'm not even kissing your ass yeah, see everyone's just <laughs> nodding their head in the room if you don't want to come that's your call but yeah you need your outlet man you need your outlet that uh, was my true. outlet full circle there you go you need your outlet that's what we call a callback in comedy yeah no see that's nah. not funny i gotta work no, on a podcast and you do get no feedback, right. no feedback. <laughs> <laughs> thank you tony thank you so much for coming down thank you guys we'll probably get you down in 2020 great <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, see you. we'll reflect go. back on this podcast <laughs> there we go Thanks i'll be the president of the united states america ഫോലോ ദ ഹാങ് ഔട്ട് ഫേസ്ബുക്ക് ലൈക്ക് കോമെന്റ് ആൻഡ് ഷെയർ സി നെക്സ്റ്റ് വീക്ക്